101a, and we are beginning the Gemara of the 12th parak, the 12th chapter, as we are down to the final stretch of the last uh, 20 weeks, the last 20 uh, pages of Yevamos, and this is the 12th chapter uh, out of um, 16 chapters, and we... Uh, we are moving along in the mitzvah of chalitza. And so the Mishnah mentioned that chalitza has to take place, the act of the separation of the connection between the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law when the husband passes away without any children. They could either do yibam or chalitza. Chalitza is uh, a form of the separation. So chalitza, we mentioned in the last recording that it involves three steps. It's the she has to remove the shoe that he is wearing, and we will discuss what exactly she has to do and what type of shoe. She also has to spit, and uh, then they have to announce and, and call out that uh, uh, about about the chalitza process, about the chalitza, and we'll discuss uh, all of that. Uh, but the Mishnah also says that this has to be done in front of three people. They don't have to be a re, uh, a. a, a to the level of a of a court of a of a of a rabbi a Torah scholar who's on the court, but it has to be done in front of three people. So and it could be three three regular people, uh, three regular people. So the Gemara will discuss the whole concept of a basin will be discussed in this recording. So the Gemara says as follows: Once it could just be three people who are not judges, halachic regular judges. It could be. Uh, a non-judge as well. So then, why do we need anybody? Um, so the Gemara answers: Hakamash Malan, Dibainan Bishlosha Shiyodim Li Karos Dayana. The point is that uh, the reason why the Mishnah itself says Dayanim that, that they have to be judges, even though it's just regular people, uh, is to teach you that they have to be like Dayanim, like the judges, in the sense that they can't just be any three random people on the street. But they have to at least know how to call out. There's various things that they have to say in Hebrew that they have to say. Uh, so they have to have the ability to understand that and to make corrections if needed, uh, so that they could uh, so that they could uh, correct it when when it's needed. So they have to know how to read what what the, the what has to be read properly and what the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law have to say. They have to tell them what to say properly, and so that's what it means that they are also like Dayanim. So the Gemara says, Tanina Laha, we have a brisa in support of this Mishnah that we need to have Dayanim, Ditana Rabbanan, because it's taught in a brisa. We have the following brisa, Mitzvah, Chalitza, Bishlosha, Shiodim, Likaris, Kain, Dayanim. The first opinion, the Tanakama, the first opinion says you need to have three, like our Mishnah, and it also adds what we just pointed out, that they have to have the ability to read and to know and to call out and to, to tell people what to say. Rabbi Huda Omer, now comes something new. Rabbi Huda says it's not three, but Chamisha, you need five. And the Gemara now is going to try to understand what is this dispute between three and five. Why would sometimes you need three, sometimes five? In fact, in a regular court, the middle amount is three. The concept of five is not necessary. What is this idea of having five specifically by chalitza? And this will be the beginning of a discussion of how this type of a court for chalitza is actually uh, very different and very unique. Um, a regular court decides matters. It decides a uh, normal court uh, is, is, is dealing with disputes. 
Uh, it's only in a few cases where we have a court that's not there for the purpose of solving problems, of solving issues, but it's there because we need them to be there in order to create a certain uh, situation or status. Uh, so, for example, you need a court to be there for Geras, for conversion. That's necessary, even though that itself is also not not simple. It's not what a regular court does. Um, so, so, too, over here, you need a court to be there to establish the Chalitza in this case. And so there's a dispute. You need three or five. We'll see that there's other halachas, other laws that make this very unique, that don't apply in other cases of, of creating a court. For example, the fact, we'll get to it, uh, that you have to establish a place. You have to, even from beforehand, perhaps the night before, you have to establish where where exactly are we going to be doing this. Um, and, and we'll see other halachas as well, other laws that are unique to this concept of chalitza. But what exactly, what's the machlokas? What's this dispute, whether it's three or five? So, my time in the Tanakhama, what's the reason to say three? The The verse says, in the context of Chalitza, it calls it the Zakanim, the elders, which minimum amount is two, uh, the plural of elders, and we can't have an even number, we have to have an odd number on a court, even though the, the concept of having an odd number on a court is there because you need an odd number so that there's a majority when there are disputes, uh, but perhaps there might be disputes here about what's taking place, so that's why you need a majority, or even if not, uh, Tosos points out that uh, even if it's just a court which is there to establish something, you also need an odd number, according uh, according to this Gemara. And so you need three. You can't have two, you need three. It says it twice. It says elders twice. One time it says it as ziknei, and the other time it says it as zikenim, and it really it tells it to you twice to tell you that you need to have four. Four you can't have because that's an even number. And so therefore, um, we add uh, a fifth, sorry, we add, we add another one to make it into five. So that's three and five. The Gemara now, for the next few lines, will have a whole back and forth about, well, Rabbi Yehuda just used the extra word zikne, the extra elders, the word elders, uh, to tell you that it's uh, another two to make it five. So what does the first opinion do with that? And then once the first opinion does something with that, then they ask, well, what does Rabbi Huda do with that law? And it's a whole back and forth, a ping pong, back and forth. What do they do with the different words that are connected, that are found in this uh, in this passage dealing with Chalitza? So what does the first opinion do with the word Ziknei? The word Ziknei is there to teach you, according to the first opinion, that... It doesn't have to be an actual court, an actual basin. It could be even three hedyotos, three uh, simple people, as long as they know how to read, uh, three simple people. So where does Rabbi Yehuda get that from? The question now goes back to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda hedyotim So where does that come from? So the Gemara is going to give one suggestion, and then we're going to reject that and give another suggestion. But the first suggestion is, It comes from the fact that it says, in the verse it says, Le'ene has a kanim, that the, the elders, the court, has to see it. What is this coming to teach you? Teach you, Damar Mar, Le'ene prat lesumim. Le'ene is coming to teach you that they have to see it, that the people that are on this court, they cannot be blind. The fact that it's teaching you that we have in the verse that they can't be blind. It must be that it's it's not a regular court, but it's it could be a court of simple people. Because in a regular court, we already know there's a general rule that they can't have any physical, or not any physical, but a halachic physical blemish, um, including the fact that they cannot be blind. 
in a regular court. So the fact that we needed to teach it to me here means that this is not a regular court, meaning that you could have also people who wouldn't be qualified to be on a regular court. They would be qualified. In this case, you could have simple people as well. How do we know that? So the Gemara wants to know, how do we know that on a regular on the regular Sanhedrin, on the regular court, that they cannot have a, a halachic uh, physical blemish, including the fact that they cannot be blind? Yosef says, just like a court has to be, uh, one qualification for a court, whoever's on the court has to be free from Minukim Betzedek. They have to be clear uh, through justice. They have to be people who are very just and upright. So too they have to be clean from any blemish. How do we know this? Turning the page to Kofalaf and Bez. Shene'amar, based on the verse in Shirashirim, there's no blemish. That in order to be on the court, you cannot have a blemish. In fact, there's a, a story about Ramosha Feinstein. Ramosha Feinstein, he was going to go through some surgery, and he was very concerned because uh, he was an extremely humble person. If anybody ever, anybody that met him knew that he was an extremely humble person, but he also understood his place, and uh, he was concerned that he was going to he, he was going to get a blemish. He wouldn't be able to serve. When Mashiach comes, uh, on, uh, he wouldn't be able to serve in the Sanhedrin, on the court. And so he was, he was worried about that, um, and he, to, to have a different type of a surgery. Uh, so it's a rule that you, you, have, to have, you have to be free from, uh, from uh, halachic blemish. And so if that's the case, the fact that we have it by Chalitza teaches you it's not a regular court. You could have simple people as well on it. You don't have to have an actual judge on it. Ah, uh, if that's the case... Says the Gemara, if, he, if that's what Rabbi Yehuda teaches from Ene, so what, does, what do the first opinion, what do they do with the words Ene, with eyes that they see it? So the Gemara says, no, the first opinion uses Ene not to teach you that uh, you can't be blind, but it's there to teach you that they have to actually see. They have to see what in that context of the verse. They have to see that uh, she uh, that that she spits from the verse itself. It's discussing the fact that she she spits. They have to see the actual spit, and so therefore that's why we have it. They have to see the actual spit, and that's why uh, uh, it's mentioned in the eyes. The concept of the eyes is to tell you that they have to see the actual spit. Well, where does what does Rabbi Huda do with that? It's the whole back and forth. nami in Hachanami. So the Gemara now basically rejects all of this and says it's true. Rabbi Huda, the first opinion and the second opinion, they all agree with regards to one, at least one thing, which is that Le'ene is there to teach you that they have to see the spit. So we go back to our original question. The original question is, well, what does Rabbi Huda do? What is his source for the fact that you could have, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be an actual judge who's on this court. It could be somebody who's a head yot, who's a, uh, who's a simple person. So nafka mi Yisrael, Yisrael koldehu. So he gets this from a, a different word which is found in this passage, which where it says v'nikur shemo bi Yisrael, that they call him bi Yisrael. It means any Yisrael, anybody could be on this court. Ah, oh, going back to the first opinion, what do they do with that line? Because they used hedjot from a, a different uh, the fact that you could have a simple person from a different uh, word. Vida chayisrael mayavile. It's there to teach you 
uh, a halacha, which hopefully we'll have time to get to uh, towards the end of this recording, that the court has to be made for chalitza, specifically chalitza here. We'll see how it applies in other areas as well. But uh, the court has to be made up of uh, people who were born Jewish. If you were, if you converted, so then you cannot be part of this court. You can't be part of this court. It has to be people who were born uh, Jewish in order to be part of this court that oversees the chalitza itself. Uh, okay, if that's the case, that's how the Tanakhama, the first opinion, learns it. So then what about Rabbi Yehuda? How does he derive that uh, law? He says, Because there's two times it says Yisrael. Once is to teach me that it could be a simple person. The other time is to teach me that it has to be Yisrael, somebody born as a Jew and not a convert. Um, uh, the other opinion says that we need uh, we need Israel to teach you that you have to respond by saying that that's something that you have to respond. And Rabbi Huda says that there's a different word. Vinikra teaches me that you have to respond. That the court has to respond. Anyways, after that whole back and forth, we come on down to a few various laws come out of this. Um, number one, we have the dispute whether it's three or five. Number two, everybody agrees that it has. To, it could be a hedgehog. It could be a simple person. It doesn't have to be somebody who's qualified to be a, on a regular court, on a, on a regular uh, uh, regular judicial court. Um, number three, everybody agrees that it can only be of Jews. People who were born Jewish. You can't be a convert. Perhaps, this is just a suggestion, but... A convert can never enter into chalitza because a convert uh, is not halachically related to their to their biological relatives. So they never the whole concept of yibum and chalitza doesn't even apply to them. Uh, we'll see with regards to other areas of law about uh, the role that are they allowed to be on, on a court or not. Um, that's a, also a whole discussion. But even by chalitza, they're not even within that. They, they don't have uh, they don't have a, a brother from a halachic perspective once they convert because. They're not related to their uh, to their biological sibling, uh, so it's just an important point to mention, I think. Um, so the uh, the Gemara also says that came out that uh, you cannot have a blemish if you're on a regular court. You cannot have a blemish, and these are some of the laws that come out from this whole uh, back and forth. The Gemara now asks whether you hold like the first opinion or you hold like Rabbi Yehuda, whether it's three or five, it should really be more. That it says, It says that uh, they called out and they spoke in the plurals. We should add the two, two words in the plural that we should add another four. So according to the first opinion, it should come out to seven. According to Rabbi Huda, it should come out to nine. The Gemara says, No, those words are not there to teach us the number of people that have to be on this court. It's there to teach us the following. That they have to call out, they have to be present to call out to them, and they cannot have uh, representatives representing the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law. They have to call out to uh, to, to the brother-in-law. He has to be present. You can't have a messenger, even though in other areas of law you could have a messenger, uh, but in this case you cannot have it. And they have to talk to him. What, what are they going to say to him? What do we tell him? We tell him sound advice. We tell him that if they're not a good match, if they're not a good shidduch, if they're not a good fit for each other, for example, one of many examples, 
if there's an if there's a, too much of an age gap, we just know we can tell that it's not a good fit. So then we try to convince them: don't do yibum. You shouldn't get involved in this. Don't get married. And so that's that's what we have to tell them, and that's what they derive from that word itself. So at the end of the day, we have this dispute three and five. How do we follow? We follow three because the Mishnah says three. The Mishnah doesn't say who it is, and there's a ruling that who, who's saying this, who, who who said that it's three, and we have a principle that says that if the Mishnah is uh, anonymous, if it's Stam, the Stam Mishnah, it's anonymous. So then we follow the anonymous position, and the anonymous position is really Rav Meir. Rav Meir is the one who has the anonymous position. We now have, for the next few lines, we're going to have a whole discussion about, well, if we follow anonymous position, so then with regards to another area of law, we should follow uh, another anonymous mission. So we're going to go through this a little faster because it's going to be a whole back and forth. We follow anonymous positions or not with regards to other areas of law. uh, And uh, we'll see that as long as it's anonymous position, so then in general, we'll see when we follow it when we don't um, in halacha. So when it comes to the laws of Mion, which we've had in the past, it says in the Mishnah that an anonymous position uh, that it's with three, that we follow that Mion also needs three in the court. There's a dispute in the, in the Brisa whether for me, and you need three or two. Whether it's three or two, and we say that the halacha is two. Ah, oh, but over there, it was an, the 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 stam mishnah, the anonymous mishnah said three, and yet we followed two. Over there, there was only one source that was anonymous. Here, by chalitza, we have two. Ah, hasanami trace dami ninu ditna miyano shachalta bifanav. Uh, we had another source which, which was anonymous, but then we said maybe it's three. You need three anonymous. Why is What are you talking about? Who cares the number of anonymous uh, times that is mentioned anonymously? As long as we have it once, then we should follow that. End of the day, we should follow it as long as it's once. Ella Amar Rav Nachum Bar Yitzchak Hol V'Stam B'Makom Achlokes Ditna and Smicha Zekin Veg LaRufa B'Shlosha Divrei Biosi. When do we follow the Stam? This is a very important point. When do we follow the Stam, the anonymous uh, position? That's when it's in, it's in a place of a dispute. We know that there's a dispute, and we find elsewhere that it's just mentioned uh, as one position, it's only as one position, as, as an anonymous position, that comes to tell me that Rabbi Yehuda changed his mind. Rabbi Yehuda argued in that Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda argued with regards to the first statement. Whatever the first statement was, he argued with regards to the first statement. With regards to the second statement, all it says is, Chalitza needs three. Well, Rabbi Yehuda should also argue in that case as well, because we know from our Mishnah that Rabbi Yehuda argues. The fact that he doesn't argue shows us that he went back on it. The fact that it's anonymous, and it says it doesn't, Say who, that whose position this is means everybody agrees, even Rabbi Yehuda agrees. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda he changed his mind, he changed his position, and everybody agrees. All you need is three. In the end of the day, that's what you follow. Shmaminah. All you need is really, is really three. Okay. So the, the end of this gemara seems to be saying that all you need is three. That Rabbi Yehuda went back on it, 
And when we follow the Stam, that's in a place where uh, the Rabbi Huda should have argued, because we know that Rabbi Huda argues in our Mishnah, in, in the, not in our Mishnah, but in the Brisa, to say five. Um, and so he should have argued here as well. The fact that he doesn't argue shows that he really, he really went back on it. And everybody agrees that it's three. We'll see in the coming, in the coming lines now that really, even though it's three as a court, but there's other factors that take, come into place to say that we should really have a, a larger amount. Rava comes along and says that another ruling, another law that deals with the, the court, they have to establish a place. And uh, uh, many say that this means specifically that there's different times. There's a, when, when do you have to establish the place? Some say the night before or the day before. They have to go to a specific gate. They have to go and establish. You can't just... Uh, convene, oh, they, they have not the brother-in-law and sister-in-law right in front of us, let's just quickly get three people. No, you have to establish a place. That has to be uh, from beforehand. It has to be uh, premeditated. It has to, you have to have a place uh, established. There was a story where a papa and Ravuna Bredi of Yeshua, they did this with five. With five, come on, they said with five, who is that like? Rabbi Huda, we just said Rabbi Huda changed his position. He, everybody agrees to three. So where do we get five from? Le Persume Milsa. It's there to publicize the matter, even though technically all you need is, are three. But in order to publicize the matter, we need, why do we need to publicize the matter? So Rashi gives one of two reasons. Either so that people know that she's a chalutza, and on a rabbinic level, she's not allowed to marry a Kohen. We have to publicize it, let people know she can't marry a Kohen. Alternatively, um, we have to publicize it so that people now know that she's she's available. She's available to get married. It's not so easy. Most people, they know that uh, a person's available after they're married, even, either if they get divorced or if somebody dies. But here, this is after the husband died. She's still not uh, allowed to get married to anybody. It could be months later. It could be even longer than that. So Chalitza takes place, but it's a, people don't know about it. It's not such a public event. So we add on more people. We say, put on two, two more people. Make it five. So that more people know about it, and then it'll it'll spread so that people will know that she is available. Happens to be that uh, what's quoted in the halacha is that we actually try to get ten people. Perhaps the brother-in-law and the sister-in-law are included in the ten. Perhaps maybe uh, also women could be included, even though they're not included in a regular court. Um, so uh, it's all there to publicize the matter. Rav Ashi Ikle Lebe Rav Kahana Amarle Salik Marligaban Limlibichamisha. Rav Ashi went to Rav Kahana and said, Come be included in us. Be included in the five. Amar of Kahana have a Kamina Kamedra of Yehuda. And Rav Kahana says, He he said in front of Rav Yehuda of Amarli, Ta Sak Lazirza de Kanalitrufe Bechamisha. Come be included in the five. Amarlo Lamale Chamisha. Why do you need to have five? So in order to publicize it, it's all the same idea in order to publicize it. That's why we need to have five. And, and as we mentioned before, that uh, uh, we try to get ten. We try to have ten people there by the Chalitza. Roshmuel bar Yehuda have a koi kamed Rav Yehuda. Roshmuel bar Yehuda was in front of Rav Yehuda. Be one of the five to publicize the matter. What does he respond back, Rav Yehuda? He says back... That I can't be part of the five. Tanina be Israel, be Bezin Israel, a little bit Bezin Shel Gerim. He says that I, Ba'ana Gerana, I'm a convert. I can't be part of the five. He says I converted and my father converted. Uh, so he cannot be part of the five because you need to have specifically a court of of um, of Jews. 
Now, this is a bit interesting because there's a whole discussion of this which we don't have time to get into, but really it's three who is the court and the other two are just there to publicize the matter. So someone, some of the commentators, the Ritva, says that if you designate him as one of the other two, not of the first three, if that were to be the case, then that would actually work, even though he's a convert, uh, because he just can't be part of the actual three that's the court. But the other two people who are there are not there as the court, they're there just to publicize the matter. Um, however, others say that no, they're all part of the court, even though there are two there to publicize it, but at the end of the day, they're all part of the court, um, and so therefore, he, uh, he would be disqualified. So, Amor of Yehuda, Kegon, Rav Shmuel, Bar Yehuda, Mipinka, Mamona, Pume, Mupume. Sorry, in the previous case, I mentioned that it was Rav Yehuda, it's not Rav Yehuda. Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Rav Yehuda asked Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda to be part of the court uh, for the Chalitza. And Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda said that, no, I'm a convert and my father is a convert. So in that context, the Gemara now points out, Rav Yehuda said he was the one who asked him, even though he was disqualified from being part of the court for Chalitza, but he said, Kegon, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, he can't be part of the court for the Chalitza because he's a convert, but you should know, Rav Shmuel Bar Yehuda, Mafikta Mamona Pome. I, I would be. I trust him so much that just on his word alone, I would, I would, uh, um, I would exact payment. I would, I would, I would remove money. I would trust him so much that uh, when he says that somebody else owes somebody else money, I would trust him completely. The Gemara says, "Could you even do that?" You need two witnesses. You always need two witnesses, even if you trust him uh, uh, completely. You still need two witnesses. Doesn't mean that if to to. To extract uh, money from somebody else, he won't do. He won't rely on them purely, because for that you need to have two witnesses. But uh, for him to say that uh, something was paid off, he knows that uh, that uh, the debt was paid off, so then uh, and that it doesn't have to be collected anymore. So then he will trust him. He will trust him with that. So even though he's disqualified uh, to be to, to be part of the court for chalitza, but you should know he's. Uh, uh, we we have tre- tremendous amount of respect for him, and and he's able to, um, and, and we rely on him on, on on very serious issues. Okay, a few more lines. Moving on to Kuf Beis Amanalf one hundred two a. The Gemara says this is just to finish off this topic. Amar Rava Rava says, Ger Donas Chaver Dvar Torah Shenamar Som Tosim Alecha Melacha Sheyivchar Hashem Lakechabo. This is now discussing what role could a convert play in court, forget about chalitza for now, but in court in general. Um, and so we have a principle that says that a king, a king has to be from amongst you, meaning a king cannot be a convert. Um, and we learn from the Rajah from there that it's not just a king, but also a judge. And so a judge also cannot be a convert. However, a convert could be a judge over other converts. If there's a dispute, if it's about other converts, so then they could be a judge. Now, what does this mean exactly is a big it's a dispute between Rashi and many others. Rashi is a very unique position, and Rashi says that, you know what, a, a convert really could be a judge over... Um, over um, over monetary issues. When it comes to monetary issues, uh, he really could be he could be a judge. And what it's saying here is that when it's dealing with um, crimes and, and uh, punishment, so then in those cases, so in those cases he cannot be a judge unless it's for 
another convert. Um, others disagree and says that no, it's, they, they can never be a convert can never be a judge when it comes to uh, either of these cases unless it's for unless it's for a convert. And so that is that itself is a, is a big discussion. Um, uh, if his mother was born Jewish, so then as long as the mother was born Jewish, or even if his father was born Jewish, if either one was born Jewish, so then they could be a judge. The Gemara ends off by saying, When it comes to Chalitza, this is also very interesting halacha, which is not, uh, we don't find this, uh, I don't know if anywhere else, but we definitely don't find it in very few places. Chalitza, in order to be uh, on the court for Chalitza, not only do you not have to be a convert, you have to be born Jewish, but both of your parents have to be Jewish. In order to be on the court for Chalitza, both parents have to be Jewish. Because it says Vinikra Shemo Yisrael that both parents have to be Jewish. I don't know about any other halachos where any other laws which are which ha- have ramifications about both parents being Jewish. We know that a person is a Jew based on the mother, and yet over here we see that there's, a, is, there's at least one area of law with regards to chalitza that you are could only be on the court for chalitza if both of your parents are Jewish. So that's an interesting uh, interesting halacha. Uh, right over there. Okay, that concludes the Gemara's discussion on the whole discussion about Beisdin, the role of Beisdin, the rate of the court in Chalitza, with other very interesting uh, laws found within it as well. And so we will continue with Kuf Beis and Aleph 102a in the next recording.